Hello guys, and welcome back to Teresa Tells All. I'm your host, Teresa, and I feel like I haven't like recorded by myself in a long time because last week I had a guest on the podcast. If you didn't listen to my advice column with my boyfriend Giovanni, you should go back and listen to it because it's really funny. But yeah, I just feel like I haven't been able to update you guys on what I've been doing for a long time, so... I've been cooking a lot. Oh, okay, I need to silence my freaking phone right now. I've been cooking. Okay, I haven't been cooking a lot. I usually don't cook at all, like ever, because when I'm at college, I'm on the meal plan and I just go to the dining hall for every meal. And then when I'm at home, my mom cooks for the whole family. So I'm sure my mom is listening to this right now and she's being like, uh, I would not mind not cooking every day. But yeah, usually I don't cook at home either. These past few weeks, I've been staying just with my dad in a rental, so I knew that I had to cook meals for my own survival because he doesn't really cook, so I'm kidding, but like I've been trying to be healthier and stuff, so I don't want to eat out like every day, so I've been trying to cook at least a few times a week, and so far, I've been impressed with myself, like I think it's mainly that I'm just only cooking foods that I like, instead of just like eating what my family usually eats, which like might not necessarily be my preference, but I've been cooking and nothing has gone terribly wrong so far. I've cooked like chicken, spaghetti and meat sauce, hamburgers, tacos. I think that's it. But first of all, it's way easier to cook for just two people than like a bunch of people in my family. So props to my mom. And also I'm glad I'm getting the practice in because I freaking hate the food at my school. Okay, that was a bit harsh, but my school my school does have a Chick-fil-A, so they passed the vibe check for that. But some of the dining hall food is a bit questionable. Like, it's really hard to get your protein in because it's usually just, like, one meat option for meal and then they have, like, one vegetarian option. And then, or no, like, a couple vegetarian options. But it's usually, like, one type of, like, dry chicken with, like, a weird sauce. And then, like, broccoli, asparagus and like some weird oil so like it's kind of hard to get your greens in too so okay I'm getting off topic but I want to be off the meal plan as soon as possible so I'm getting practice cooking for myself for next year and I can't go off the meal until junior year so I'm gonna be a sophomore so I still have like at least one more year until I potentially could be off the meal plan but I don't know if I will because cooking for myself every week sounds hard also another life update my postcards came if you listen to my travel recap episode it was like a couple weeks ago you know I put the wrong address on these postcards I sent to myself from the places I went on that trip and so I thought they were gone forever but they all came we called the post office and this nice lady kept an eye out for them what a queen but I'm so excited about it because those were like the only souvenirs I brought back from Europe except for like a couple posters but now they're going in my travel journal so I'm hyped about that and also I have a book recommendation for you guys if you guys listen to the advice column episode last time um one of the question it was like kind of a Q&A also but one of the questions we answered was if you found a briefcase with a life-changing amount of money in it like what would you do and my mom recommended me this book that has like kind of the same dilemma in it I think and it's called Something in the Water by Katherine Stedman. So I'm going to give that a try as my next read. I just got it on my Kindle and I read like the first couple pages and it's kind of intriguing so far. So just a little recommendation for you guys. And then also I'm kind of thinking about like posting more on YouTube. 
I usually make YouTube videos, but then I just have them as, like, unlisted. And I kind of want to, like, start making them public or, like, start, like, vlogging more. I usually, like, vlog, like, trips that I go on or, like, or do, like, travel montages and stuff. But I feel like it would be fun to, like, post more consistently on there or, like, make them public. So if I make a travel vlog for my Europe trip, I might post that publicly and then, like, link that on my podcast Instagram. So make sure you're following along on the podcast Instagram so you can, like, be in the episodes but yeah, stay tuned for that because I feel like that would be fun. I just like, I don't want to get like too overwhelmed with like the amount of things that I'm doing. Like for example, I'm starting a podcast, I'm starting a YouTube channel, like I have to make an Instagram account to promote the podcast, I need to pro- I need to post consistently on the YouTube channel. And yeah, I don't want this to become like something that like I get stressed about or that I feel like is impeding my like free time or something because like I'm doing this for fun like I'm doing a podcast for fun I'm not doing it like for a job or anything and like I usually just make YouTube videos for fun and like don't post them so I don't want to like put pressure on myself to post consistently on YouTube so you might get a couple vlogs here and there but don't expect anything crazy but yeah let me know if that's something that you guys would be interested in other than that this episode is just going to be like talking about the concept of privacy like the influencers the internet the role of technology and privacy and then coincidentally i read this book recently that kind of went with this theme perfectly it was called the circle by dave eggers and it's this dystopian novel about basically the internet and like technology taking over society so in general i've been thinking about this topic a lot and i thought i would just do like a shallow dive into this topic. I say shallow instead of a deep dive because I don't know how much I actually have to say. Like I have an I have an outline of things to say, but I never know like how long it's gonna take me to say it. That's what this episode is gonna be about. And then I posted some polls on the podcast Instagram at Teresa Tells All, and so I'm gonna be reacting to those polls at the end of the episode, and then we'll see where this episode takes us. So if you want to be included in these episodes in the future, make sure you're following the podcast Instagram. And please leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because that would really help a girl out. It would help me grow this podcast. So just something to consider there. You know, no pressure, but please. Okay, and also I'm sorry for the freaking background noise in this vlog because apparently this is a really busy time to be outside driving your car across the street but it's really impeding my podcasting setup so anyways so into the today's topic a while ago I was listening to this podcast and I think it was the what we said podcast but they were talking about the shift in how much influencers are sharing about their lives like before and after the pandemic I feel like before it was trendy to share like everything about your life like overshare in a sense like Emma Chamberlain. Let's use Emma Chamberlain as a case study of this. She would show herself constantly hanging out with her friends, you know, like the Sister Squad, Ethan, Grayson Dolan, James Charles, all that, all those like famous people. Every event she went to, she would vlog. It was sort of like how she was brought to fame because she felt so relatable. Like she would always like show everything about her daily life, basically. And then COVID hit and people were literally being canceled for like getting COVID in the first place, like, going out somewhere, getting COVID, like, it was embarrassing, and so if any influencer went to, like, hang out with someone or travel somewhere, they had to say, like, I got tested before and after, like, etc., and then 
ever since COVID kind of went away, I think it's safe to say that like we're not going to be quarantining again or like because of COVID at least. God hope. But places like got rid of their COVID restrictions and stuff. And I feel like celebrities and influencers like just started like sharing less of their lives to avoid being canceled because they realized that like the more you share, obviously, the more you have to take responsibility for, the more you have to justify it to your audience. Like, why not just take all that pressure away? Just, like, post a couple of pictures at the event, not post, like, all over your story about it. And I think this has also contributed to the whole, like, casual Instagram trend. Because let's go back to Emma Chamberlain. She went from posting pictures with her friends at, like, events, I think, I, like, have no recollection of her really posting with people. But she had, like, the public friendship with the Hannah Maloche and Ellie Thuman. And, like, they were, like, all over her vlogs, all over her Instagram. And she kind of went from posting pictures with her friends to, like, posting more casual-looking Instagram photos. And, like, just pictures of her food and, like, cats and something like that. But then you find out, like, the time that she posted those photos, she was in Copenhagen or something at a fashion show. And... So it's not like she's a normal person anymore. We kind of, she's kind of like more mysterious now. But I just think it's an interesting dynamic. Like, influencers are posting less of what they do, obviously. But I feel like this has been overall a positive thing because before the pandemic, I feel like we we're getting to the point where every life event had to be documented for your social media feed. Like, you got engaged, you post your fiance on Instagram, you get a dog, you post it on your Snapchat story, you go to college. You post all your friends on new friends on Instagram. And I think that obviously that's all still happening, but I think that since influencers are keeping more of their lives private now, it's kind of like shifted social media usage to like the average person not sharing as much of their lives. At least for the most part. Like there's still a decent amount of flexing going on. But like let's go back to Emma Chamberlain for a second. She's pretty much the blueprint of Gen Z, right? And I feel like everybody kind of, like, looks up to her for fashion, um, just her overall vibe. Like, everybody wants to be like her. When she was in her whole, like, chaotic vlogging, iMovie vlogs on YouTube, everybody started editing her like that. She pioneered that whole, like, style of editing. And then she started, like, doing, like, casual photo dumps on Instagram, and, like, now everybody's doing that, too. And I feel like ever since this whole like privacy shift that I mentioned we actually know very little about her life like on her YouTube video she made a few months ago before she stopped posting as consistently it's called you totally caught me making soup or something like that and the entire video is just that it's literally her making soup and when you watch it you feel like you know her so well it feels like you're hanging out with her making soup with her but I saw this comment on it and I can't for the life of me find it but it said something along the lines of you can tell she's a very private person who's trying to make you think she's an open book. And I think that's so true. And I think that's like the beauty of her uploads now and basically her entire brand. She literally shows herself making soup and you think you know her so well, but she's literally showing like one part of her entire day, not her entire day of vlogging it and like all her friends. You don't even know like who her friends are anymore. You know, we kind of know she has a boyfriend, but she's never, like, explicitly said she's dating him. She doesn't post pictures with him or anything. And so you kind of just have to guess at the parts of her life that are, like, that would have been obvious a few years ago. But at the same time, you feel like you know her so well just because of what her brand has become. And I think that 
maybe since she influences Gen Z so much in a way we're like picking up that too and incorporating that into what we share on the internet and so as a society like we've kind of become like more private with our social media posting. Okay next I want to talk a little bit about this book I just finished reading and as I said it's called The Circle by Dave Eggers and it was written in like 2012 but as to me it was kind of like a cautionary tale about what happens at, to society as a whole when you just feel the need to share everything and like have everything be common knowledge. Basically this girl, her name's May, she gets a job at this company called The Circle and it's basically if Facebook and Apple and Google and like all the big tech companies were combined and like had a monopoly over the entire technology and social media market space. And at first like everything's all butterflies and rainbows because it's like the best company on earth to work for. Kind of like Google is known for like being like one of the best companies to work for just because of like all the benefits and stuff like that. But I don't want to spoil so much in case you decide to read it. But May, she starts getting in trouble for not posting enough on her social media feed because it's kind of like expected in her job. And it's highly encouraged that you need to post like every part of your day for the benefit of everyone. Because the main philosophy of the company is that all knowledge should be common knowledge and equally accessible to everyone. And it's actually like selfish of you to do something like go kayaking and not post any pictures about it because everybody had a right to know about it. And this obviously escalates as the book goes on, like things get progressively more invasive and weird. Like they have these thumb-sized webcams that are called the sea change cameras that the company invented. And they're kind of like introduced as a way to be able to like put it at Mount Everest and you can always have like a live feed of what's happening at the top of Mount Everest or you can put this next to your favorite parking spot and you'll always know like if someone's in your parking spot or you can put them like in your 80 year old mother's house and like you can know if anything bad happened to her because they're basically like live feeds of anything that you would want to be surveilled. Is that a word? Surveilled? Or is it, sur is it only surveillance? Anyways, you know what I mean. But politicians start wearing them like as a way to ensure that they're not doing anything corrupt on the side and everything can be seen by anyone at any given time. So the creepiest thing, okay, the creepiest thing about this book is that like everything in it could plausibly happen right now because 10 years ago when this book was written, most of this stuff wasn't possible. Like you wouldn't have like a tiny little webcam that you could put inconspicuously like anywhere you want. But now it's all possible, so it's way creepier. And so that made like this book like more just like unsettling and like kind of icky to read. And I don't think it will go like as far as it went in the book. If you read the book, like you'll see like how this kind of like one thing leads to another, and like and like everything that can go wrong will go wrong. It kind of just sparks this realization in me, and it's like we don't have this right to know everything about influencers' lives because, yeah, their jobs depend on them sharing their lives with us. Like, it's totally understandable that they would want to give the illusion of us knowing them on a personal level. Like, think about your favorite, like, Instagram or TikToker. Like, you think you know them really well just because, like, they seem personable and they, like, share a lot about their life. But we don't actually, like, have... We don't actually know them at all and like we don't actually like have the right to know them at all like all these like personal things about their life that like people like to guess at and so yeah that's what i've been thinking about this week 
let me know what you think about that on my podcast Instagram. The DMs are open, but now let's move on to some later fare. Okay, so I'm basically just going to react to the polls and like say like which side I'm on and then just like discuss it. Okay, I put which one do you use the most? YouTube, podcast, and Netflix or TV shows? So 50% said YouTube, so that's like half of everyone. Podcast 30%, Netflix 20%. I would say I definitely use YouTube the most because I think that YouTube videos are just easier to put on in the background when you're getting ready and that's like where I use like 90% of my entertainment. Actually, no, I think I have a podcast because it's just easier to like put in headphones and listen to someone talk other than like having to see like all the footage on the screen. But one thing I've been liking lately is um, watching YouTube videos of podcasts because you can like see people's facial expressions and everything and I feel like it's just like a better way to listen to podcasts. But definitely if I'm like working out, getting ready, those are the only time I really listen to these things. So I, I would say I use podcasts the most, but half of the people said YouTube. Iced tea or iced coffee, 27% said iced tea. 73% said iced coffee. I would definitely team iced coffee. I feel like iced coffee just makes everything better. It's like one of my favorite drinks. And it's so much better than hot coffee. I don't even know what you say. But iced coffee just lasts so much longer. You can drink it throughout the day because it's not going to get cold like hot coffee would. You have to drink that like within like half an hour or else the entire experience is just ruined. But with iced coffee, you can just drink it throughout a class. It will get kind of watered down, but it's usually pretty good, like, a couple hours later. Iced tea I never really drank. Actually, I had iced tea with dinner today. It was this peach tea, and it was really good. Movies or series? Like, TV series. Um, I put movies. I have to really get into a new TV show in order to, like, actually watch it consistently. And for that to happen, it has to be, like, really hyped up. Like, everybody's posting about it or something. Or I'm watching it with someone else who has already seen it and knows that it's good. But other than that, I just like to watch one-off movies because I feel like it's just better to watch a two-hour movie than to watch, have to like stay committed to watching a TV show every night. And the only TV shows I watch are basically like ones that I've seen before, just like as like comfort, like you know what's going to happen kind of thing. Which is worse, fake smile or grumpy face? Alright, 33% said fake smile and 67% said grumpy face. I think I voted for grumpy face just because when I'm driving and like someone's giving me a dirty look like it actually like really hurts my feelings and like when I go out to a restaurant or like a coffee shop and then like the like, barista or like cashier like gives me like a dirty look like I I take that very personally like for some reason like people giving me dirty looks like really hurts my feelings. I would much rather like they give me a fake smile you know. Like, just so I can feel better. I don't feel like I, like, killed their cat or something. But I think that in general, it's more damaging to have a fake smile because that means that that person is fake or not genuinely nice. At least with a grumpy face, you know what you're getting into. Also, I have no room to talk because I have the worst RBF in the world. And people, when they first meet me, they think I'm going to be mean just off of my face. It's definitely not a flex, so I don't know why I'm bringing that up. I can definitely relate to my grumpy face girlies out there. Would you rather know date of your death or cause of your death? Okay, this is fairly evenly divided. 55 said date of your death. 
45 said cause of your death. I would definitely rather know the date of my death because if you know the cause of your death then you're always just like paranoid of let's say the cause of your death was like falling off a bridge. You're gonna avoid bridges for the rest of your life and then you're gonna die by a bridge anyways just because like that's the way things are gonna work out. But if you know the date of your death you're able to live more in the moment and make the most of your time before you die. It would be kind of depressing if like the date of your death is like tomorrow or something and then you're just like okay well I'm just gonna chill for the next 24 hours but if it's the if the date of your death is in like 50 years then you're like yeah I don't care. Do you believe in love at first sight? 36% said yes, 64% said no. Alright, I don't understand how anybody believes in this. Like, if you see someone and you think they're hot, then that's not like love at first sight, you know? Like, how did, does that even happen? Has that even happened in like real life to anybody? Like, DM me if that's happened to you because that's interesting. But I personally am skeptical. Also, like, you can't be in love with someone until you truly know them. So you can't know them off of one interaction. So how are you in love with them at first sight? I'm skeptical. And it seems like 64% of you agree with me. Have you ever cried in public transport? 33% said yes, a 67% said no. Okay, well, I'm definitely in the 33% because for the amount of times I cry, there's no way that I haven't cried in public transport. Oh wait, does an airplane count as public transport? Because I cried in an airplane like on the way back from my Europe trip. And it was because I was congested. Um, I had like a stuffy nose or something. And then um, the altitude, it makes your congestion feel like this really strong headache, like in the back of your skull. At least this happened to me. I think this is like a known thing that happens. But I got this like pounding, or I got this like splitting headache. And then I started crying. And the flight attendant felt really bad for me, and he was really nice, and he was, like, bringing me, like, this cool compress, and, like, my dad gave me Advil, and then I was fine, but I'm definitely, I definitely have cried in public transport if an airplane counts, which obviously does, but, um, even if we weren't counting the airplane thing, I'm sure I have a, a different time, just because I literally cry at the drop of a hat. Alright, this one is a controversial one. Harry Potter or Marvel, and unfortunately, Marvel won. I know Giovanni is um, gloating right now, and he's going to text me about this, but we have this ongoing argument over which is better, Harry Potter or Marvel, and Marvel won 55%, Harry Potter lost 45%, but I think the margin, I don't remember what this phrase is, but I think the demographic was a little skewed on this one because most of my followers are Giovanni's friends and they all like Marvel, so I think that's why it won in this one. But let me make my case, okay? So Harry Potter is just better because, first of all, books are always better than movies because you get to like know this, the characters better and it's funnier. and. It's just like more entertainment because it takes you like 10 hours to read one of the books but it would only take you two hours to watch a Marvel movie. Second of all, it has better world building and better fantasy elements. Third of all, I find Marvel movies a bit corny and a lot of this is going to anger a lot of people. I might lose some followers after that after this but I feel like the humor in Marvel movies is just like a little bit corny for me and like it's more like 11-year-old boy vibes. 
and I kind of just get sick of seeing that every single Marvel movie, and I'm, I really should not be speaking on any of this at all, because, uh, the last Marvel movie I saw was Avengers Endgame, like, three years ago, so definitely shouldn't be speaking on any of this at all, because I've just seen, like, the original ones, not, like, Ant-Man 2, whatever, um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I've seen very little of the sequels, so I don't really know what they're about, but I like the original Marvel movies. I don't have a problem with them. There's no beef. Don't hate me, guys. <laughs> Alright, spring, summer, fall, or winter? 36% said spring, 18, summer, 36, fall, and winter, 9. Okay, so spring and fall are tied for the top. And I definitely say these are my top two, spring and fall, because the weather is just immaculate. Like, whenever you get four seasons, spring and fall, always have the best weather. Um, the only thing that would make fall win for me is my birthdays in that month, and also Halloween. And those are two fun holidays. And I can't really think of any holidays that are in the spring, so no days off from school. But yeah, winter sucks. Summer, I don't have beef with summer. It's like... It's nice that you get time off from school and you get to go to the beach and stuff, so definitely no beef there. Would you rather lose your phone or lose your wallet? 55% said phone, 45% said wallet. Why would you rather lose your wallet? Because you have all of your debit cards in there. People can find your wallet, steal your identity, spend all the money on your debit cards. With your phone, um, they probably won't be able to get into it. They can resell it. Or, like, wipe the phone, I guess. I'm pretty sure there's, like, a way to do that. I would not know because I've never stolen a phone before. But I, all I know is that if you lose your phone and it's, like, not stolen or anything, if you have it backed up on the iCloud, you can just get a new phone and then everything on your old phone will be on your new phone. But that's not the case for, like, your debit cards and all your money being drained out of your bank account. So I would definitely rather lose my phone. Would you rather do laundry or do the dishes? 64% said laundry, 36% said dishes. Okay, I'm definitely team laundry because, as I said before, I like to listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos while I do chores, get ready, work out, all that stuff. So you can listen to podcasts in the background while you do your laundry. I feel like you can't really do that as much with dishes because, like, all the wa the water pressure is just too loud, so you can't, like, hear what's going on in the video or in the podcast. And you can't really pay attention as much because you're scrubbing something. Laundry requires less effort. You just throw it inside the washing machine, press a couple buttons, and then when you're folding it, you can be washing something else at the same time. So I've made my case. Would you rather be charming or be genuine? Okay. 80% said genuine... But I low-key feel like some people are lying just because they feel like that's, like, the better person thing to say. But, yeah, because I would definitely rather be charming, but I think I'd put it genuine. I, okay, I want to be both. I want to be charming and genuine. But I feel like this is kind of implying that, like, you're being genuine without being charming, and then you're being charming without being genuine. So I guess that, like, the better person thing to do would be to choose genuine. But who would rather not be charming? And I think that these 80%, they might be lying to themselves. Let me know. Are you a slacker or an overachiever? Okay, slacker got 60, overachiever got 40. 
So that implies that most of the people following me don't think they're overachievers, but I definitely am an overachiever. I just like feel bad when I don't try my hardest at something. Ugh, okay, well, if it's like a sport or something, I literally could not give one single frick. Like, I lose a soccer game, I'm like, I do not care. But if I like fail a test or something, then I have this like internal critic that's like, you're a piece of shiz. So, like, I feel like I always need to try my hardest just to, like, not disappoint myself, if that makes any sense. So I would definitely say I'm an overachiever. But then, also, the only reason I'm an overachiever is just so I can be lazy later. Like, I get all my homework done, and then I can just lie in bed. So isn't that kind of being a slacker, in a sense? Because I'm overachieving in order to be a slacker? I don't know. Let me know. Would you rather read the book or watch the movie? Okay. Not surprisingly, read the book got 44%, watch the movie got 56%. Um, Alright, I'm kind of conflicted on this because if it's a one-off book, then I would rather watch the movie. If it's not a one-off book. If it's just a one-off story, I'd rather watch the movie. You know, get the entire storyline in a couple hours, you know, not too shabby. But if it's based off a book or based off a series, then I feel like I need to read the book or read the series first. Imagine it for myself. Imagine all the characters, what their voices sound like, what everything looks like for myself. And then I watch the movie and then I can kind of like be like, oh, okay, this is a different interpretation. And then you don't get all the same details in a two hour movie than you would in like a 10 hour book. So then you can kind of fill in the gaps that the movie left for yourself just because you have the prior knowledge of the book. So that's why I'm team read the book. But you know what? Watching a movie, I have no... I have no qualms with that. If that's your thing, that's your thing. Some people just don't like reading, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you can get just as much joy off of watching a movie than you can reading a book. And so, like, if that's not your thing, that's not your thing. Alright, online classes are in-person. 88% said in-person, and that does not surprise me. I feel like everything about in-person classes is better. Like, you get to sit next to people, talk to them, Talk to the teacher, make them like you more because they can actually like see you, get to know you. Um, ask questions if you don't understand something. You know, you make friends in your class. And then with online classes, I just like cannot, I can never like focus that much. I can always find something to distract myself with online classes. But um, I've never been someone who can just like lie in bed and do an online class. Like, I have to be, like, sitting up, having, have my notebook out. I can never, like, just wake up and go to an online class. I need to brush my teeth. I need to eat something first. Just have that morning routine. And that's just, like, too much work. I would rather, like, get ready and then go to a class than get ready and do an online class. Lastly, have you ever pretended to be asleep so you wouldn't have to talk to someone? Okay, 88% said yes. And I'm glad to know I'm not alone. My fellow antisocial people out there um I've definitely done this a lot of times to my parents sorry mom since you're listening to this probably to my roommate probably to my siblings I guess that that's a lot of times but it's comforting to know that I'm not alone out there Alright, that's what I got for today, guys. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.